0: time. what's going on who that nation it is yours truly tj jones the host of the state of the saints podcast and if you're checking out the state of the saints podcast on memorial day just want to wish you and yours a happy memorial day and for those that are in the armed forces thank you very much for your service and those that lost their lives defending freedom your memory will live on Thank you very much for taking your time out to check out the video. I really do appreciate it. On this edition of the State of the Saints podcast, we're going to be talking about former head coach Jim Mora. He celebrated his 85th birthday. Man, 85 years old. I, I just watched a video with Jim Mora, and he was just so vibrant, man, for an 85 or 84-year-old man at the time when I saw it. So we're going to be talking about former head coach Jim Mora. We're also going to be talking about Jameis Winston. And we found out that he has a very interesting stat that isn't really good. And the question is, can he fix this? And we're also going to be talking about Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush has some advice for some of those college players that are transitioning from college to the pros. And, of course, we're going to be taking questions from loyal viewers of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you very much for submitting your questions, Uh First and foremost. But we're going to start off with Coach Jim Mora. Now, Coach Jim Mora, once again, he celebrated his 85th birthday. And I thought it was only right that we talk about Jim Mora. You know, Jim Mora is uh, one of those coaches I feel like uh, gets a bad rep. Um, Jim Mora is one of the best coaches in the NFL. Um, the only reason why a lot of people don't really talk about Jim Mora is very, very simple. He never won a playoff game, okay? <laughs> he got his team uh, to the playoffs. But he can never get over the hump. And we all know what Jim Moore actually meant to the New Orleans Saints. He was the first head coach uh, to give the Saints a winning season. I mean, this was something that uh, the Saints didn't have. I mean, if you've been following the Saints, I know a lot of people in the Who That Nation, a lot of people that, that chime in and send me emails say they've been watching the Saints ever since they were an expansion team back in 1967. Well, you know that the Saints sucked. OK, they couldn't buy a win. Poor Archie Manning used to get misused and abused all over the field. I think we all seen that very classic video of Archie Manning getting his jersey ripped completely off of his body because his offensive line could not protect him. And the best quarterback for a long time that the New Orleans Saints had, they couldn't do absolutely nothing. He couldn't do absolutely nothing because the team sucked. Fast forward to the 80s when we had Jim Mora. Jim Morrow brought a very different philosophy from the USFL. Uh, He was a defensive-minded coach. We all know about some of the classic defenses that the New Orleans Saints had. Of course, we know about the Dome Patrol. Well, that was under Jim Morrow's watch. The Saints could have been a lot better, but it's kind of funny because Jim Morrow was a defensive-minded coach, and we fast forward to today. Sean Payton is an offensive-minded coach. So I'm just wondering, what would have happened if you would have had Jim Moore and Sean Payton? I think the Saints probably would have won a couple Super Bowls. (laughs) It's crazy because back in the late 80s, early 90s, people used to be frustrated because the Saints couldn't move the ball offensively. And now you fast forward to the 2000s, people getting frustrated because the Saints can't move the ball. I mean, can't stop anybody defensively. That is insane, man. But Jim Mara, man, he he brought a different type of pizzazz to New Orleans Saints. I mean, one of the greatest sound bites in the history of sports. I mean, Jim Mora chewing his team out after a game. Uh, Jim Mara talking to the media. We all know about the classic playoffs. What you talking about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? We know about that. We know about the woulda, shoulda. Cutter, y'all know about that, one. and you know about the war. He was like, his team got his they ass totally kicked. Yeah, they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't try to run the ball. They couldn't complete a pass. They sucked. Y'all know his favorite word was about the, his team got their ass totally kicked. Jim Mara, man, classic sound bites. If you have never, if you never heard Jim Morrow's sound bites, I encourage you to check it out on YouTube, some of the funniest stuff you're ever going to see. But Jim Morrow did leave a lasting impression in New Orleans. I mean, unfortunately, he was fired because, you know, the team kind of fell down and, and, you know, was losing. But nevertheless, Jim Morrow, you have to say he was one of the, he was the second greatest New Orleans Saints coach in history. That's just my opinion. I don't think you're going to find a better coach outside of Sean Payton better than Jim Morrow. Jim Mora gave the Saints fans uh, really something to cheer about, man, when the franchise was basically straight-up hot garbage. So we want to say happy birthday to Jim Mora, and thank you very much for your contributions to Saints history, and you'll never be forgotten, man, especially some of those classic sound bites that you put out. Man, (laughs) classic. But let's go ahead and move on. We're going to be talking about Jameis Winston now. Jameis Winston, the new backup quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. A lot of people have mixed emotions in the Who That Nation about Jameis Winston. Will he be able to turn a corner? Will he be the future of the New Orleans Saints? Will he compete with Taysom Hill and beat out Taysom Hill to be the franchise quarterback of the New Orleans Saints once Drew Brees decides to hang up the number nine jersey? Well, we're not going to talk about that so much. We're going to be focusing on a stat that Jameis Winston has that isn't very good, okay? Jameis Winston, according uh, to analytics and according to sources, has the worst deep ball in all of the National Football League. That's what's being reported. Jameis Winston has the worst deep ball in the history of the NFL. Well, not the history, but he has the worst in the NFL right now, we'll just say that, okay, not not in history, I, I'm pretty sure they had a lot worse, I can name a few, but today, they're saying that he has the worst, What? but what does this really mean, um, this means that when Jameis Winston dropped back, back to pass, seven step drops, bombs away, most likely it's going to get picked, or it's going to be overthrown, which says that Jameis Winston isn't really that accurate, and when he's accurate, he's accurate with the other team, which isn't good okay so this isn't a surprise to anybody everybody knows that james winston needs some help everybody knows that james winston uh turns the ball over at an alarming rate and we all know that he needs to work on his mechanics tell me something that i do not know facts of the fact of the matter is if james winston didn't have these problems then he wouldn't be the backup quarterback of the new orleans saints it's plain and simple look Whatever you think about Jameis Winston, there's one thing that I have to say about him. This guy goes out there and he battles, okay? That's one thing that he has going for him. The problem is those interceptions start to get in his head and he starts to worry about making mistakes. And we all know when you start worrying about making mistakes, what happens? That's right, you make mistakes. Jameis Winston needs to settle it down, okay? I think by him coming to the New Orleans Saints, Look, let me put it this way. Jameis Winston coming to the New Orleans Saints was the best thing to ever happen to his career. This this is a very humbling experience for Jameis Winston. Just imagine a guy coming out of Alabama, everybody's saying your praises, you're the number one quarterback coming out of high school, you go to Florida State, you win a Heisman Trophy, you, you lead the team to the national championship, and you win and everybody on campus loves you despite the fact that you're stealing crab legs and you're standing up on cafeteria tables saying, effer in the P. You know what I'm saying, y'all? If, if you really, I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. Not gonna say those words. But anyway, man, Jameis Winston goes from that to being on the bench, backing up Drew Brees, okay? Big man on campus at Florida State. First overall pick, played for Tampa. Didn't really do well. Had some ups, had some downs. Now he's backing up Drew Brees. This is a very humbling experience for him. Sometimes you need to be knocked down on your ass in order for you to see things clearly. We all have been there. Rather it be sports or rather it be life. There has been times where you need to come down just a tad bit to see the big picture. The big picture is there's not going to be many opportunities for Jameis Winston to resurrect himself. This may be the last opportunity. You see Cam Newton. Cam Newton is 30 years old right now. And in my opinion, if I had to choose who was the best quarterback out of these two, I would have to go with Cam Newton. But Cam Newton can't find a job right now. Not even a backup job. Joe Flacco just uh, signed with a team before Cam Newton. Okay? The fact is, Jameis Winston is 26, going on 27 years old, and he's young. But at the same time, Your youth is not going to be on your side every single year. Every year, you get better. I mean, you get older, excuse me. You get older each and every year. And I'm going to say something that may be a little bit controversial, but I feel this way. I feel that Jameis Winston is going to be the toughest assignment that Sean Payton and his coaching staff ever had. He is going to be the toughest assignment. He's going to be tougher than Taysom Hill. He's going to be tougher than Teddy Bridgewater. He's going to be tougher than Drew Brees, of course. I don't feel like this coaching staff is going to have an easy time with Jameis Winston because Jameis Winston went throughout his whole entire career, nobody really telling him anything at all, not saying anything to him. Man, you know what I'm saying? Riding this man's coattails, uh, you know, riding on his back, getting where they need to be. We see Jimbo Fisher go from Florida State to Texas A&M, got more money, more opportunities. We see Florida State, the university, got a national championship and recognition and 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 number one, uh, you know, high school recruits off the back of Jameis Winston. Everybody was grabbing on Jameis Winston milking this man until you were dry, including the Tampa Bay organization, okay, until Bruce Arians came along and said, I got somebody named Tom Brady, and bye-bye, farewell, okay? Jameis Winston is going to be a tough assignment because, I mean, nobody's really been telling him anything. And for him to come in humbling himself and Sean Payton saying, look here, hey, man, you know, like, man, you got to calm it down. Uh, We're going to, you know, make things a little bit simplistic for you. We need you to make this read right here. If this read isn't there, then go here. It's gonna to be tough for them, man. I feel like it's gonna to be tougher than Teddy Bridgewater because Teddy Bridgewater, unlike Jameis Winston, nobody really told Teddy Bridgewater uh, that we don't want you anymore because you're not good. Okay, that that wasn't the case. Teddy Bridgewater left the Minnesota Vikings organization because he got hurt. Okay, and. We all know, you know, I mean, time go by. We can't really wait on you to get better. That's setting our team back. That's setting the franchise back. And we decide to go in a different direction. We decide to get Kirk Cousins. Um, You know, that, I mean, that's, I can understand that if I'm Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, I get hurt. Nobody really said that Teddy Bridgewater didn't have what it takes to be a start in the league like Jameis Winston. The team that got, that drafted you gave up on you. They gave up on you. They said you're not good enough. Okay, so for you to go to another team and, you know, so-called resurrect yourself, he's going to have to uh, really humble himself. And I feel like it's going to be a tough task for him because he turns the ball over at at an alarming rate. If this guy turns around his career, if he changes his career, this would be the greatest coaching job that Sean Payton has ever done. For real, it would be the greatest coaching job he's ever done. I I would be highly surprised if if Jameis Winston uh, you know, changes completely. I mean, I think if the Saints decide to keep him long term, it's gonna be like you're gonna have to take the good with the bad. Okay. It's gonna be almost like Brad Fall back in the days with Green Bay, when Mike Holmgren was the coach. When he'd be like, no, 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 yes, yes, yes. That's kind of what it's gonna be like as a fan. <laughs> If you're a New Orleans Saints fan and Jameis Winston uh, is the quarterback. But I'm interested to see how he's going to change it up. I'm interested to see if he can resurrect his career. But it's not going to be a very tall order, in my opinion. I mean, it's going to be a tall order uh, for him to change uh, the way that he plays. That's just my opinion on that. And lastly, we're going to be talking about Reggie Bush. Um, Reggie Bush uh, did an interview with Playboy. Yes, Playboy. (laughs) Playboy. I don't know if he was in it. I don't know about all that. I just know that it was with Playboy. And he talked a little bit about uh, college. OK, he was talking about how college players now can actually have endorsement deals. Um, I don't know if you all know this, but they can. Um, The only I think the only thing that they can't do is if they're in a commercial or something like that, they can't use. Their college likeness or anything like that. Okay, it's only has to be them in a in a commercial. They probably can wear some like some different colors uh, or colors that actually resemble their university, but they can't acknowledge uh, their university. And and Reggie Bush talked about how some of these kids, uh, you know, that going to get these opportunities, they need guidance. And he talked about how when he first got into the league, you know, he he wished that he would have had things. Differently, you know, he would have done things differently because um, he felt like he left a lot of money on the table because he trusted a lot of people to make decisions for him and he didn't really make decisions for himself. And now he's about a what about 35 year old man, if I'm not mistaken. And he's looking back and saying, Man, I probably would have had more money if I would have thought this way. So he feels like it's a great opportunity for these kids. However, you shouldn't uh, give them these opportunities if they don't have anybody to kind of sit them down and discuss finances with them because they can get taken advantage of kind of similar to how he did look man i'm all for college football players getting paid i feel like these guys need to get paid they get these university millions upon millions of dollars and you know especially if you're like a heisman trophy candidate or a guy that's always uh on college uh you know college football um you know scoreboard or you know, anybody talking about you like Kurt, uh, Kirk Street or any of those guys, Fowler and them, they're talking about you they're building up your brand so it, it's unfair that you get all of these different uh, accolades and, and people are making money off you like your university and y'all going to bowl games, getting about 30-40 million for the bowl games and these kids are uh, getting in trouble if they take a bacon, egg and cheese sandwich, nah bro that ain't cool at all but I do feel like they need to get themselves some guidance, man. Get some people that can actually talk to them. Rather be, uh, you know, um, get a little mentorship program going, you know, with some, for some professional players where they can actually talk to them and, you know, kind of help them out. Uh, get some financial planners in there so they won't be taken advantage of. I think that when you're looking at these 18, 19-year-old kids and, you know, you're giving these guys endorsement deals, you know they're not going to make the best decision and how do i know that is because at one time i was 18 and 19 years old and the only thing i actually cared about at that time was actually chasing after girls and that's it you know what i'm saying trying to uh, impress these girls by the clothes that i had by the shoes that i had on you know what i'm saying that's what what my mind was at at 18 19 years old fast forward to the age of 33 of course i don't think like that anymore i'm more of a family guy and i'm focusing on trying to build something you know building a brand on the state of saints podcast or you know trying to uh do something to help my son you know have a college fund but you know when you're 18 19 years old you feel like you got your whole world ahead of you and you know you just want to live for the now so reggie bush understood that you know he was living for the now at the time and it cost him so he don't want that to happen to any of those young kids out there and i completely understand that I'm happy that these kids are going to get endorsement deals, but I'm kind of skeptical um, of how, you know what I'm saying, like these kids are going to do the – I'm skeptical if they're going to do the right thing or not, I should say. Because, um, you know, people come in, man, you can do this. You can – we can invest this, Uh, you know, and end up taking all their money. And then by the time, you know, uh, they get into the pros – I mean, honestly, we all know. Like some players, uh, you know, that are college stars – you know they go to the pros they're not that good. So you had opportunity to make endorsements while you were in college and when you get to the pros might not work out. You could still possibly have that endorsement money if you play your cards right. But it's all going to uh it's all going to be um about who is in their corner. So I agree with Reggie Bush on that. Uh I know a lot of people are saying, "Man, it's hypocritical to Reggie Bush because Reggie Bush up here talking about it's not a good idea about the money and you know, what I'm saying they need to focus. You know, they need to focus on you know financial planning, this, that, and the third. And people were like, you know, talking about Reggie Bush. You know, the controversy about him taking funds when he was in college and him having to relinquish his Heisman Trophy. Look, uh, man, Reggie Bush did what was best for his family, and I think that a lot of people, if you're you coming from poverty and you never really had anything, and you you're playing in college and everybody's singing your praises, meanwhile. You call, you, know, you call your mom on the phone. Your mom talking about she can't pay the rent or she can't pay the lights or the water because you know, they're in financial peril. I mean, honestly, I, I think I probably would have did the same thing too. So I don't blame Reggie Butts for that. I feel like they need to get that man, his Heisman back. I don't feel like him taking money had anything to do with his performance on the field because he was an incredible player at USC. So I don't see why you have to... Give up your Heisman for that. It makes absolutely no sense to me. But uh, I got a lot of respect for Reggie Bush. We all know what he did in New Orleans. Um, You know, me personally, I feel like he was a little bit of a bust when it came to uh, being a New Orleans Saint. But he wasn't a bust when it came to um, the symbolism and what he meant to the city of New Orleans. I mean, it was the rebirth. And I remember every time Reggie Bush get the ball in his hands, it was a level of excitement that, people felt in the who that nation you know you didn't know if he was going to make somebody miss or make it you know go all the way or something like that but I mean he left a couple memories in New Orleans but nevertheless uh I have to say that I agree with Reggie Bush I think these young kids need some guidance but now we're going to go ahead and move on we're going to talk a little bit about uh well not talk a little bit about answer some questions Uh, from the who nation and first off i want to say thank you all for submitting your questions once again and let me find them strolling down right now let's see what we have here okay we got frank bridges Um, frank bridges says you think this is our year uh with it being breezes last year sean payton opened up a playbook especially with brady in our division I think we average 35 points a game, and with the addition of Jenkins, our defense may make some noise. Thank you very much, Frank Bridges, uh, for your comment and your question. He asked me, do I think this is our year? To be honest with you, I really do not know. I don't know if this is the Saints year, Frank. And, look, I got a lot of the optimism, but I, I got to say, man, I'm kind of skeptical about what kind of Saints team I'm going to see this season. Now, I know a lot of people going to say, man, you fair weather. Uh, you're not a real fan because you're skeptical. You got to have the fate. Man, whatever. Look, the Saints been letting us down for the last couple of years, and I have to be honest with you, uh, it, it's really kind of wearing on me. I'm not saying that I'm about to jump ship. Of course not, but I, I'm a realist at the end of the day. If the Saints play like they did last season, they're going to win a lot of games, but they're still not going to go anywhere. The Saints are going to have to run the football. If the Saints come out there running the football and having a balanced attack, then i'll be excited but if i see them throwing a the ball all over the place like they did in new orleans voodoo back in the day i am going to be like man okay i'm excited but where are they going to go with this where's this going uh you know like i said i hope that this is their year um i hope the defense uh played like they played the first of those five games when drew Brees was out but i'm just kind of skeptical folks i'm, I'm just being real with you um I'm just skeptical. You know, I feel like that run-to-opportunity is closing, and it's not so many opportunities that you're going to have uh, from, you know, the New Orleans Saints. I mean, teams are getting better every single year. You've seen what the Green Bay Packers did, even though that was suspect as hell. You see the Seattle Seahawks, what they're doing with Russell Wilson. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, I feel like they're going to be a much better team. Um, and of course, the NFC South, man, you never know with this division. I mean, the Saints won three years in a row, but – Every team is trying to uh, compete with the Saints and they're beefing up their team. So you can't just say automatically we got this in the bag. I got the Saints winning the division, but I mean, the Saints going to have to come out there and perform, man. I think the I think the blueprint has been put out about how to stop Drew Brees by putting your pass rushes in the center and putting the pressure in his face. So I'm interested to see how the Saints are going to kind of maneuver and move things around in order for them to, uh, you know, make things easier for number nine. But thank you very much, Frank. Uh, Thank you for your comment and your question. Isaac uh, Calvert says, what will the Saints have to do in order to keep Lattimore, Kamara, and Ramchick? Thank you very much, Isaac. Shouts out to Isaac, always uh, with the good questions and always commenting um, on the uh, State of the Saints podcast Facebook page and on uh, YouTube. Um, The thing that I feel like they got to do in order to keep all three guys is very simple, okay? They got to manage the cap. That's why all these people out here talking about, oh, the Saints got $10 million. Uh, you know, they got $10 million to play with. They, they got $10 million. Man, why do y'all think they got rid of Larry Warford? I mean, Larry Warford, uh, because they got rid of him, I mean, that cleared up about $7.7 million, put the Saints at about $10-something uh, million dollars that they can actually use in order to sign these guys. Um why people are just sitting up here trying to make it seem like the New Orleans Saints, uh, you know, don't have to. Hats on before they really start talking about uh logan ryan and all those other guys that's uh, out there in free agency man i mean we can't play free agency like we playing madden when we turn the salary cap off and we can get whoever the hell we want these three guys are going to be very beneficial to the success of the new Orleans saints ryan Ramcheck, in my opinion has hall of famer written all over him Marshawn Lattimore, not so much in my opinion but he's a above average corner a guy that you can actually build your secondary with and Alvin Kamara is a guy that does so many great things. Why would you want to get rid of him? And people are talking about... we seen this so many times, man, when, ten, when players end up getting themselves hurt and, and they cost themselves financially. You know, I mean, we've seen this before. I think about in basketball uh, where Isaiah Thomas for the Boston Celtics. Some of you probably know what this guy is. Some of you don't. Isaiah Thomas was leading the Boston Celtics in scoring. He became the face of the franchise, and all of a sudden, uh he kept playing, um the, the coaching staff talking him into playing and he ended up hurting himself even more and cost himself about two hundred million dollars. Okay, I have no problem with Alvin Kamara. I feel like he was out there doing his best. Uh if he was out there, you know, not making shifty moves because he felt like it was going to hurt him uh uh, uh damage him long term. Okay, man, that's that's up to him. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, the man deserves his money. And people talking about trading them, stop it. Just just stop it. I'm gonna read one more question uh from the Who That Nation. And uh, you know, we're gonna go ahead and get up out of here. But I, I just don't understand the whole Alvin Kamara thing. I really don't. Uh just like I don't understand why I'm thinking about it, the Marcus Williams thing. I I don't I don't understand why people got a problem with Marcus Williams. Uh yeah, okay, the Minneapolis miracle. Oh, wow. I mean, oh my goodness. Like oh, he he screwed the game for everybody. But the guy caught an interception to put the Saints back into the game. But we don't want to talk about that. And we don't want to talk about the fact that how he led the secondary in interceptions every season he's been with the New Orleans Saints. But we're not going to talk about that either. We're just going to focus on a man's transgressions. My question is to a lot of people in the Who That Nation, Like, what do y'all actually watch? Or how do you critique players? Do y'all critique players from play to play? Or do y'all actually go back and look at their body of work? Or do y'all focus on one particular play that you automatically allowed to define them and you just carry that and say they suck? I mean, go back and look at the stats. Go back and look at Pro Football Focus. Some of these guys that y'all bashing and talking about and saying that they're terrible and saying they need to get cut, they are putting up very good numbers according to Pro Football Focus. And if the Saints, uh, end up trading them or end up uh, releasing them or allowing them to go to free agency. Trust and believe they're going to be picked up in, in the first wave. These guys are special, regardless of if you agree with that or not. And yeah, some of the plays that, that they uh, left on the field are memorable than most. Uh, but at the same time, these guys are really good players, man. Marcus Williams is a really good player. And I don't feel like a guy should be defined about one play. One play in 2017, I heard another guy say, and I know I'm going on a rant here, and I said I was going to read questions, I'm going to get back to it, but I heard one guy say, oh, he he mess up more plays than he actually make. That is absolutely not true, man. We just focused on the bad of Marcus Williams. We tried to focus on the bad of players like uh, Eli Apple. We focused on the bad of Eli Apple after the Chicago Bears game. Nobody said absolutely nothing about Eli Apple until that Chicago Bears game when he went down, okay? He went down on a non-contact play, okay? The dude came back the following week, which in my opinion, he was hurt. Because if you put two and two together, the guy ended up getting hurt, he played about a game or two, and then he missed the rest of the season. So that tells you right there, the guy probably was battling an injury that happened in Chicago. But of course, nobody wants to pay attention to his stats. If you look at the stats, the first couple games leading to Chicago, they were really, really good. Okay, But we want to focus on the bad, and we want to talk about the guy terrible, and we want to throw the people out of town. The only thing I'm saying is, where is your evidence that these guys are terrible? Don't give me one or two plays because everybody was talking about them. Give me consistent bad plays that you see. That this guy makes, okay? And don't give me plays about Marcus Williams talking about Marcus Williams was out of position where he had to come 15, 20 yards down the field or across the field because PJ Williams got beat in the nickel. And he is a safety. So if PJ Williams getting burnt like toast, of course, Marcus Williams has to come across the field. He's taking up about 15, he had to cover about 15, 20 yards, and the ball is in the air. That is not his fault. Watch football analyze football the right way do your research and then come back and say okay this guy sucks and maybe i agree with you that is why i never buy into peer pressure when people be like man this guy sucks i reserve my judgment okay i'll let some weeks go by and i give you an analysis okay what i seen when i when when it happens okay that's what i do i don't go by one play if a guy, you know, falls down or something like that, and I'm automatically saying he suck, that's not the way to do it. Things happen. Guys trip. Wide receivers are really good. They get paid millions upon millions of dollars too to catch the football, okay? That's what their job is too. So sometimes those receivers that those guys go up against are pretty damn good. So, of course, they're going to get some passes caught on them. I mean, everybody is not going to be Darrell Revis or Deion Sanders or anything like that, so... Come on, man. Give these guys a break. That's all I'm saying. And final question, man. It's going to be the final question. Somebody asked the question, uh, do you think Sean is building up the O-line this year so we can finally get a running game going? Uh, We are going to have some big and tough tackles and guards who should be able to open up running lanes for Murray and AK instead of having them uh, get stopped in the back. Do you think we are going to be more balanced or is Sean just getting those guts to protect Drew and stay past happy? Uh, that comes from Angela Neely. Angela asked a very good question. Shout out to Angela. Uh, check this out. Uh, Sean Payton understands that Drew Brees is not going to play forever, Angela. Uh, that's just a fact. Uh, anybody knows that the best friend of a young quarterback is a running game and good defense. So the Saints are trying to beef up their offensive line, number one. They're trying to keep it young. Uh, Number two, they understand that whatever quarterback that comes in, they're going to have to run the football. I mean, do you think that is a coincidence that when Lamar Jackson in his second season, the Baltimore Ravens led the NFL in rushing? Um, Is it a surprise that they were top three in defense? No, absolutely not. That is the way that you change and you help a young quarterback. You put a good defense behind him and you get a good running game. That is what's going to be important for the New Orleans Saints if they're going to be contenders in the future. Regardless to anybody that comes in, rather it be Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, there's going to be a drop-off in quarterback play. Everybody is not Drew Brees. Drew Brees is an all-time great. Everybody can't just come in and say, okay, man, be Drew Brees and throw this ball as accurate as you can. Back shoulder throws nickel and diamond. Don't turn the ball over. Everybody can't beat Drew Brees. And Sean Payton understands that he has to get his team prepared for life after Drew Brees. So he is doing the right thing by making the offensive line young. And if he gets a guy like Cesar Ruiz, we already know Eric McCoy as a dog. We know Ryan Ramchek as a dog. Andrews Pete, a little bit of a guppy, a little bit of a puppy. We know Teron Armstead as a dog when he is healthy. So You got yourself a good offensive line. Nevertheless, the Saints have to run the football. They have to commit to the run. This is the season to do it. Time out for all the BS and all these stupid exotic plays that go absolutely nowhere and nobody really care about and they really don't benefit anything. Run the football. Being aggressive in a physical football team, out physical your opponent, and that is what's going to get you to the championship. Not all these finesse plays not throwing the ball 40 times a game, not uh putting all these funny, crazy plays, bringing uh, three quarterbacks in and trying to confuse the defense. Ugh. Focus on running the football, playing good defense, and being the dogs that you can be. That's what I think. But I'd like to thank you all for submitting your questions. Thank you so much. And thank you very much for tuning in to the State of the Saints podcast. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel youtube.com search the state of the saints podcast facebook.com search the state of the saints podcast and also the state of the saints podcast is available on apple itunes and also you can you can actually uh, summon alexa you can say alexa i want to listen to the state of the saints podcast and it will play the most recent episode for you till next time all i gotta say is who that